Welcome to the Arts Equator podcast. I'm Chan Suwei, and today we have with us Anna Chan, who's was the head of dance, performing arts of the West Kowloon Cultural District Authority from 2014 to 2018, where she was responsible for shaping the district's artistic direction and strategies for dance. But most recently, she's now just become the dean of the School of Dance at the Hong Kong Academy for Performing Arts. <laughs> Hi, Anna. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for your invitation. So I have been very keen to talk to Anna because I want to find out more about an initiative that popped up on my Facebook as an invitation, and it was an invitation to a network called AND+, Asian Network for Dance, which is a network dedicated to connecting, developing, and empowering contemporary dance practice within Asia. Its missions are to share knowledge and information, expand connections for dance professionals, and to strengthen the visibility of dance within and beyond Asia. So Anna, I know that this is uh, a project, a network that was actually several years in the making. Could you tell us a bit more about what inspired this? Yes, absolutely. And first of all, I think um, if you receive the invitation by this network on the Facebook, which means uh, we have we are going in the right direction because uh, we absolutely do not want this network to be just exclusively for a small group of people. We want to reach out. So I just want to acknowledge that if you receive the invitation, that means I need to share with the core group that we are going in the right direction. <laughs> so yeah, the, the whole idea actually um, has been incubated for almost three years. Yeah, um, It was first started as a, a very casual um, conversation among several um, like-minded producers such as Faith from the Esplanade and also um, Kathy from the new uh, Kaohsiung National Theatre. So that was about three years ago and we were having this sort of conversation about the rise of Asia, the new theatres, including the West Kowloon and many theatres in Taiwan and not to say the Esplanade is also building a, uh, a, a medium-sized theatre plus mm. many more other theatres in Asia. So we're all very concerned about uh, uh, what is the content? How does this uh, new infrastructure can actually has a new impact into our program strategies, annual programming strategies, and also how do we actually share resources? So this is um, the initial ideas, and then at the same time, a lot of European colleagues is actually looking towards Asia mm. simultaneously because of the rise of all these uh, new theaters planning. So everyone was sort of like asking us. Uh, about what is the Asian landscape. And that prompted us to think we must start some kind of uh, conversation. Mm. So in 2016, I have invited uh, Faith and Kathy and also two more colleagues from China and also um, uh, Korea to have a tea talk at the 2016 Times Messe um, in Dusseldorf. Mm -hmm. uh, to share about the new venues, new art uh, festival in Asia. And then after that, it gives us a lot of energy because we see a great demand of knowing what is Asia, what is about us. So, and then that brings into further conversation about we must set up some kind of network. So the original idea is just 
theatres and theatres, all these big institutions come to talk about how we can set up a network to look at uh, research and development, to look at um, co-productions and also touring uh, mobility for the dance work. It was from that conversation. But the more we talk, the more we realise we are actually duplicating what has been done in the past because there's already a lot of di different kinds of like associations of network aligned all talking about sharing of, of mobility of work in Asia. But I have to say um, there are some successful cases and there are also unsuccessful cases in that sense. And then the more we, we, we talk about it, we feel like, hey, we are actually talking about a very small group of Asian people here. Asia is so big. And secondly, we are the artists. We didn't actually put in the artist force. And then we look at the um, collaboration strictly really on just, uh, in a way, uh, investment perspectives. We are not really looking in the core about content development and all the other artistic needs. And even looking at the new ways of having this network. So that is a, a good um, ringing bell. And then therefore, we, we decided we bring in some examples to have a conversation with us because I think it's also good that you learn from good practice their, um, their experience and also uh, some of the um, bad advantages and disadvantages of setting up network and then, and then we can really investigate how it can implement in Asia. So in 2017, uh, I have invited the European Dance House Network president to come to Hong Kong uh, during the producer network meeting at Forum, a project that initiated by West Kowloon uh, as part of the conversation. Um, so at that particular four days, the president of the UDM uh, speak to uh, a group of producers, artists, and also presenters, mainly in the Asian region, that are interested in exploring and different kinds of collaboration. So that's how we started in 2017. And I have to say, I'm really uh, impressed by the efficiency and also the precedent, how at that time was a waterfall, uh, how he actually leads us and guides us through a lot of workshops in over the two days. And also the enthusiasm of the um, network participants they really feel like there is an opportunity to have a further conversation and they all uh, give a lot of um, suggestions. So out of the three days meeting, we were already able to come up with objectives, directions, and some suggestions to move forward. And then in addition to that, uh, several um, participants uh, also volunteer to host the second and the third and the fourth meetings. And they will, it, it's given us a lot of energy boost because out of four days, we immediately feel that it's an urgent need. Um, so we carefully decided the next three meetings, where we should host, and also where, uh, how we should move forward with our conversation and make sure each meeting is built on the previous discussion, not to start it again. So after the Hong Kong meeting in May 2017, the next meeting was in Indonesia, in Jakarta, in November 2017. And um, thank you to Jala, 
Odafis, who is an independent producer, and at, the, at that particular uh, month in Indonesia, she was also curating a, uh, a small uh, delegation from Australia to go and see, understand the Southeast Asia or, or, or particularly the Indonesia music and dance landscape. And a lot of our uh, uh, the, the participants in Hong Kong really want to go and know more about uh, Southeast Asia. And, it, and, and most importantly, in the Hong Kong meeting, we actually see there's a lack of voices from the Southeast Asia. So that's also strategically why we want to choose uh, to conduct the second meeting in Indonesia. And, and after the two days meeting in Indonesia, uh, that's about, uh, I think about 30 of us volunteered to pay for our own expenses to go there and meet. And we follow from what we discussed in May and then bring those issues and also the objectives into the two days meeting and then after the two days intensive closed door meeting we were able to come up with two very focused objectives, two set of objectives and then also two proposed names for this network. The objectives didn't go too far away from what we discussed at the first meeting, but we immediately dropped two things, co-production and also co-commission and touring, because we felt if this becomes the, uh, the prerequisite or the, the mandate for this network, again, we will be marginalized. Those smaller institutions, those individuals, and those independents. And, and we value the, the um, diversity that we are able to bring into the discussion about the big, small, independent institution kind of uh, uh, landscape. So after the Indonesia, the next meeting was in TPAN, and Yokohama Dance Collection in February 2018. And again, uh, many of the participants who have participated in, the, in May continues in in, uh, in Indonesia in November and then they continues in Tipan. It's about, um, again, it's about 30 of us and this time uh, we also invited Japanese producers uh, to include the Japanese boys because as we all know, Japan also have a different kind of landscape and different ways of uh, supporting dance and dance development. So we're bringing their voices and also listen to some of the experience and that in Japan is already have many different kinds of networks that they have already done. And those become a very good um, uh, stepping stones and also uh, a platform for us to push further forward how to formalize this um, potential network. And out, again, out of the three days of discussion, we were able to finalize the three objectives that you have just mentioned and also the names. And, and the names, um, uh, if, if I want to go a little bit more further about this plus, is also um, the, uh, the key of this network because we always want this network to leverage on some existing festival or has this opportunity to network with some other network. So this network doesn't stand alone on itself. It actually always will be piggyback with something else and then that's how we see this become the core functionality of the network. And then another um, milestone that we developed in Japan is 
how do they do um, organize this network structure? And again, um, a lot of network or alliance always have this kind of top-down approach. We always set up a board, and then there's a president to make all the decisions, and then the president there will be a board, there will be an office there. And then whatever it goes to the end, it's talking about who is going to put money in it. And then a lot of times then it becomes very top-down. And, and there's always, always beauty and, and, and ups and downs on that. And then we decide now, hang on, we are in the 21st century, and all of us are young and new, and we have different ways to communicate. And most importantly is we always um, it, it repeatedly, repeatedly listen and, and voice out in our discussion is why do we need another network when there are already many networks. And even individually has your own network. Yes. Everyone can have networks. So, and now connecting with anyone around the world is not easy. Now, just like I'm connecting you with Skype now, even we're in Singapore and Hong Kong. So it's, what is the purpose of that? And that makes us even more crucial in making the decision that we do not want top-down mm-hmm. approach. We want a much more collegial kind of uh, organization because this group of people are all volunteer to take a step further than what we have already established. And, and the mission of this network is really we want to join force, bringing our resources, individual resources or institutional resources, or even just time and passion, to have a much bigger conversation about the Asian dance landscape. So I think we need to acknowledge and value that. And therefore, we propose uh, the function or the development or the, the direction of the network is dear by a group of core group. So 14 of us become the core group. And what is the core group? The core group is a, basically a, a group of passionate people. I just want to do a little bit more further. Mm-hmm. And then uh, these um, passionate people are uh, all come from institutions, artists, independent, uh, as well as uh, a, a, a administrator. Mm-hmm. So it's quite a wide range, and we acknowledge that. And again, um, each, nevertheless, each one will bring in their own institution, but it's not the institution that forms the core group. I have to emphasize that. Um, and also, we do not want to see um, uh, that particular person become the representative of that city or country, because that is another danger that I have encountered in other networks that I initiate. Um, so it's about um, about um, that particular person, what they can bring in. So if, let's say, Singapore, uh, we already have two people as a co-group. Hong Kong as well, we are, we are a little, relatively smaller, uh, but we already have two people, and they are uh, a big country, may only have one, and there are also other countries can have two. So we, we want to try to avoid that monopolized kind of a system. And then after the TPAM, uh, we also look at how we can share the information if we don't have something called the European funding. Remember, we, I, I mentioned that we started with referencing to the European Dance House Network uh, and how it continues to operate is because there are also a EU funding that can support the development of this network. But in Asia, we don't. Mm. We are all very diverse. We are all very different. Um, 
So how do we maximize the lack of funding, but then uh, reach out? So we also decided maybe the Facebook movement mm-hmm. is the best way, and but we also acknowledge there are countries that cannot access Facebook. Yes. Um, so um, so we rely on the respective of a call group to share if that countries or city cannot use Facebook. But having said that, as we all know, if people want to connect to Facebook, they can find a way. That's true. <laughs> yeah, no. so, yes. So I don't want that to come out of the uh, So we decided the Facebook as a closed group by invitation, and then people can invite others and become a primary source of sharing of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And in addition to that, throughout the four meetings that we from Hong Kong, Indonesia, Japan to when we launch in Hong Kong again. One thing we, um, we, we have achieved, which I'm very, very proud of to announce, is we did a mapping exercise. Yes. Uh, because, uh, again, in, in the course of discussion, we say, don't actually know each other. Mm-hmm. Asia is so big. Uh, I may know only certain parts of Asia, and there are also people who do not know everything. Mm-hmm. So we, we said, before we can move forward, we really need to know who we are. Right. So everyone immediately just go into how about we do a mapping. Mm-hmm. But a lot of time when we when we think about this kind of mapping research, it, again it takes time. It takes a researcher. It takes a lot of people to analyze. By the time they roll out the report, it possibly would be outdated. So right. again, we don't want to that go go into that process again. We said, how can we go into the most practical way? What do we want to map? Mm. Okay, I, I guess we all want to map where they can show work. Okay. So this was like a geographical mapping? Or how did it how did it work? Yeah. Yeah, it's a geographical mapping, but then we map four focus area. One mm-hmm. is what we map the festivals. So what kind of festivals happen in that city or country? We map residency. Mm-hmm. Uh, so again we want to see where residency offer, what kind of residency it can achieve. And then, and then we also met with um, funding body. Mm-hmm. So, so um, nevertheless, we, we do need to know where the funding can comes from, so that we can support uh, the next phase of uh, ideas to develop. So we go very, very clearly. We want something useful, something immediately can benefit people reading in this mapping uh, 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 documentations. And we also put uh, uh, the basic information such as the link, the website link, the contact and the, uh, and, and the person uh, information so that people can just quickly go in and then click into the information. And we rely on the call group. Each time when we meet, um, we will review the, um, the, map, the, the information we list in the mapping exercise mm. and then make sure this documentation is always uh, relevant and also stage current. So um, I have to say, after we did that, in, we started in Indonesia, then we refined it in Japan, and then we continue to refine refining it in Hong Kong in May. And this has become a quite a comprehensive documentation. Uh, um, I, I think I will when I meet again in November, next coming November in Taiwan, we are able to continue enriching the information and it's become so useful to a lot of artists already. 
I actually did have a look at that map, but I didn't even realize it was there um, on the the pinned post in the Facebook that the link to the map was there. And it's incredibly impressive. It's an enormous Excel sheet, essentially, um, listing the different countries of uh, Asia Pacific, essentially, North, North Asia, Southeast Asia, Australia, um, and what you mentioned, the festival's residencies and funding in a very systematic, color-coded way. And I, I'm glad you addressed how it would be maintained because as for something of this scope, that that would be something I would worry about. How is this continued? Yes, that's right. And it, it does seem to be a marvelous resource for artists and, and I hope more people will know about it. Um, at this moment, um, we are keeping it um, within the webpage, uh, within the Facebook uh, group. Because again, um, we we don't want it to be just massively shared with someone, and then people can reinterpret in a different way. Mm. So if people that not belong to this Facebook group, they can always write to us and then ask us to send them the link. And there are already many European um, networking artists that have asked me personally or other core group members to reference to the link such as I just recently shared with the Flemish institutions uh, because the Flemish institutions always do a lot of mapping in Europe mm. they also want to know what's happening in Asia so that they can share with the European uh, counterpart but I make it very clear that this is not publicly shared because mm. I think if it has to be publicly posted on site we, we need to do another layers of uh, consultation and seek of uh, permission. So it, at the moment, it's still very much within the network, uh, which already we have. 1,000 members. I was just looking at the number. It is now uh, 1,101. That's a, a very um, auspicious number for this interview. <laughs> but speaking of the, the really... Um, impressive explosion in the membership. I think when I got added to the group, it was still a few hundred and it's really grown quite exponentially. Um, how do you see the network moving forward? I know you've described the core group and I appreciate very much the focus that has been given to a non-hierarchical structure and a sense of openness. But of course, there are compromises to be made in decision-making. And what we see on the current Facebook, it's currently become a bit of an announcement page. Um, how, how do you see A&D Plus moving forward? Um, we, the core group, commit ourselves to look at this A&D Plus for three years. Again, we, I think we, we need to be pragmatic and also um, uh, realistic and make sure the network is always relevant because we, we I, I don't think I want to project that this is going to be forever. Um, after three years, things may change. Uh, with the technology change, with uh, personnel also moving around, and also maybe the needs by that time is also very different. So what we're going to do now is commit ourselves for three years, and I take this three years as almost like an incubation type of uh, uh, um, structure. Um, the first three years is really conceiving the ideas, is the preparation, which we have uh, done it quite successfully. The next three years is how we uh, modify um, and also how we realize this network can move to the next stage. So this is what we have committed so far. And, and I forgot to mention about one thing about this uh, core group is um, the core group will be led by the conveners 
each time we will share the leadership role as a convener. And again, this is my sort of proposal to the program is I don't want this network to become an trans network. Mm. Even though I initiated with the help with Kathy and, and, and uh, Faith and other um, uh, Shinji Onos and other programs uh, from Korea, um, it can easily become a person network. So I, I said to all of them, let's move, move around being the convener. So what I did is I initiated the whole things and then I will stay for as a convener until November meeting. At the same time, I'm working with another call group, Jala, to co-convene the next meeting information and meeting agenda. Mm-hmm. Then after that, I served for two sort of two meetings already. I will step down. Jala will take a new convener. They co-work for the next meeting in Australia. And then so the baton will continue moving forward. So by the time after three years, six meetings that we have already identified, at least another uh, eight people will already share the leadership. And I think it is important because mm-hmm. everyone will bring in their the new ideas, and only by owning it, this network will develop. So I, to answer your questions, I really don't know how you will turn out to be after three years now, because I think it has to be organically developed. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you said, we have some structure, we have some framework, but how it is all going to evolve uh, will depend on how we contribute. It's an incredibly systematic approach that you're describing, and I guess from my point of view, when I'm when I'm not being an arts equator journalist, I I am an artist myself. It does occur to me that it's a kind of mode of work and a logic that um, I think is shared very easily among producers. Um, and I think if it was an artist initiated network, I would expect it to look. Uh, to some degree, a lot messier. Um, I <laughs> point taken, absolutely point taken. <laughs> Artists who do not also have producing roles. <laughs> um, I'm wondering how you foresee things um, developing when it sounds to me like there is a particular dominance and uh, kind of contribution from. Uh, people in a producing position in this network and also it appears people from countries that are better resourced in the region. Um, With your attention to questions of democracy and non-hierarchical nature and openness, how would you address these? Yeah, absolutely. So at the moment, um, we are uh, developing different projects, and again, it's proposed by different core group. Um, uh, some proposal are actually existing projects they they have already been doing, and then by bringing to the table other more resourceful or more um, institutionalized colleagues may bring in another uh, additional development. So, such as, um, mm. I, I realize you also um, um, interviewed Bilkis. 
Yes. So, um, the last, was that the last episode? That's right, the last episode. And um, this was a such beautiful project called the Collab, working with only Southeast Asian choreographers. She yes. presented this project in our May meeting in Hong Kong. And we all fascinated how this one woman band, the residency, able to collect a pool of talents from Southeast Asia. But what missing is after they collect this, they don't have another window to leap to the next stage. Yes. So we already in discussion how we can actually leverage on individual other projects can actually involve this group of talent. Mm. So such as um, it's a little bit of leak of information that we share more in November when we when we go to um, meeting in Taiwan. Um, Korea, alright, is already initiating a project that will include Southeast Asia artists, and we want to make sure this project is is piggyback or can have a strong association with Lucas Coral Lab, mm. so that this group of artists that she has already nurtured and and provide development can have the next stage of working in Korea on another project and. And some of the ideas can be further developed. Mm-hmm. And maybe pick up by producers and presenters where RM is going to invite into the next stage of development. So this is already um, one of the examples that I can uh, share with you. That's exciting. This is exciting. Right? So this is what I've been doing uh, off meeting time is to um, navigate and also steering with different group to talk about different possibilities but it only works when we are generously want to share mm. and then we also generously want to make something happen when time money and opportunities arise um, so this is one of the examples then I already also think about after 2019 in Korea what the next day so I'm already planning something in Hong Kong maybe in 2020 and I also talked with Daniel K about other possibilities that we will continue to discuss further in um, in, uh, in in Taiwan, and there was also another project. Um, uh, it's called the Screen Dance Proposal. Mm-hmm. That, um, Taiwan also offered to all the core group to recommend uh, artists that make screen dance can put in as their submission, so that they can screen the work in Taiwan. So everyone is trying to put in um, extra effort mm. to help those sort of under-resourced or lack uh, network or, or what we so-call uh, lack infrastructure country <laughs> uh, for artists. Um, I think I, I can see it's, it's going to grow quite beautifully, but how, again, I, I really don't, I, I don't want to predict. Of course. Um, of it is not to protect and then whatever opportunities come up then we will um, continue and and myself and also Jala was in Dresden uh, I was in Dresden I shared this network with EDN and also other European colleagues and then Jala and I we were all both in Bassano de Barbara which is a, a small city in uh, Italy and we already developed another conversation how AMD plus can connect with the Italian dance scenes. So this will continue further 
discussion in November. And in addition to that, I was also in Paris, and we shared with the EU, uh, it was an invitation by the European Commission to understand how to collaborate with uh, Asia. And so I shared the AMD Plus network, and then uh, I also share, apart from just looking at Hong Kong, Korea, there are also other countries fall within this AMD Plus network. I won't say membership, but, but sort of this network. And there are also potential uh, opportunities. Wow. I'm really looking forward to see what will happen with this network and how the projects of the core group um, can benefit um, the thousand plus and growing members. Perhaps I could ask you one last question. Um, and I understand you speak as yourself and not for an institution and not for not for A&D Plus, of course. Um, so you were just mentioning how you were presenting A&D Plus and the new initiatives in Europe. And I've definitely seen this when I've worked in Europe or talked to presenters from Australia or from the UK, for example, that there's a lot of interest in Asia. And I, I do smell a bit of that old-fashioned hint of Orientalism hanging around. Um, do you feel that within Asia, there is as great a degree of interest in other Asian art, other Asian artists? This is what we want to use this network to advocate. I have to say, uh, Asia may not be very interested in Asia, but I think it's time to change. Uh, at least with this core group, I think we are all very interested to know about each other. And you also talk about this sort of uh, orientalism or Western perspective when looking at the Asia. I think this is also one of the key points I, uh, this network should advocate. Uh, I'll give you an example in May, again in Hong Kong. We, we bring in a two Asian artists collaboration. One is the Peter Pichan and also uh, Chen Hu Khan. It's a, it's a collaboration uh, project by CloudGate. They bring it and they talk about it. We, we, we want the Asians to talk about the aesthetic, to talk about the approach. And then they will share with a group of uh, participants from the producer network, including European and, and other sort of Western producers. I mean, the dynamic immediately changed because we didn't use a Western perspective to analyze about this collaboration. It's really coming from the voice. And uh, this is exactly what this AMD should advocate. Uh, I, I, uh, back to your previous question, how is this network going to continue? I think what we are trying to do now is not to create more projects, is not to create more co-production, is to join force to have the platform for all the Asia to, first of all, acknowledge our Asian contribution in arts and in dance, and also join force to have a voice that we can communicate with the West or with other more established networks so that they can value us, understand us, and also see from our perspectives and our aesthetic. Right now, just incidentally, I think we're hearing in the background some voices of future Asian generations of artists at your school. <laughs> yes, and I think that's a perfect note on which to end. Thank you so much, Anna, for sharing with us. Um, it's been very inspiring to hear the vision and the thought and the work and generosity that's gone into this so far. And may it continue. Yes.